Picture this, you're sitting down to watch a live poetry performance. The first poet takes the stage, and as they begin to read, they're accompanied by a live jazz band. If this sounds intriguing, well, you're in luck. International Jazz Poetry Month returns to Pittsburgh on May 2nd. The festival features more than 50 artists, including local jazz icons and poets from Algeria, Cuba, Sudan, and Ukraine. Tickets to watch online or in person at City of Asylum's home on the north side are free. Get yours at cityofasylum.org before they're gone. Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, enemies to lovers, fake dating, there's only one bed. Where are we going to sleep? If you are an avid romance reader, you recognize all the common tropes. But finding a story that doesn't just include an LGBTQ plus character, but centers those stories isn't always that easy. If you're looking for literary love and want to see your queer identity on the page too, well, we have got the perfect book club for you. It's Monday, October 30th. I'm Megan Harris, and here's what Pittsburgh is talking about. I'm with the co-founders of the Not Gal Pals Book Club. Mary Lee Williams, hello. Hi. And Natalie DeLuba, welcome to CityCast Pittsburgh. Hi, thank you. How did you each get into romance novels? Mary Lee, you want to go first? I used to read romance occasionally, but I I kind of had gotten into this, I don't want to call it a trap, but I, I feel like it's a mindset about reading uh, where you think that you only need to be reading things that educate you or take you farther in some way. But the fact is, is that when I started reading more romance, it it changed how I looked at reading, which is there reading is just something I can do to enjoy myself. And the second I started thinking about reading in that way, it really opened up the genres that I would allow myself to read and the types of books I would allow myself to read. Mm-hmm. So um, during the pandemic, Natalie and I started hanging out because I talked about how much I, I enjoy reading and it kind of became something I really picked up a lot during the pandemic. And Natalie is a voracious reader. Um, And so she started recommending romance books to me. So Natalie and I would meet up to... to, In Arsenal Park, because we both live in Lawrenceville. Yeah, and we would sit on a blanket and and for hours talk about books. I mean, like three, four plus hours. I think one day was like six. Yeah, like what else were we doing? Um, And so Natalie would bring me books. I would read the books. We would talk about the books. Um, And we did that through the entire shutdown, Mm -hmm. basically. And so that's kind of how I got started was really through Natalie's recommendations. Yeah. When did you take this like shared love of romance novels and kind of stepping outside of a very messy world um, public? Like when did you start inviting people okay. to your picnic blanket? So like we um, we had been like playing with the idea for a while. We're like, we should do a book club. Like this is so fun. <laughs> um, and then one time she came over to one of the places I was house sitting at and we were just talking about it. And we are like, yeah, we should really do it. And then she just pulled, like, merely just, like, pulled out her phone. She's like, all right, we're going to do it right now. 
And that sounds right for you, Mary. <laughs> and so we like I had never heard of this app, but is Meetup. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, "Well, just pay for like." Well, we found out that you had to pay in order to host a group. <laughs> and then Big she's like, "I rolls over here." <laughs> yeah, and then she's like, "Well, what, whatever. We'll just do it for six months. And if it doesn't like if like it's nothing, then we just lost like what was like sixty bucks." Anyway, so we met it like Trace Brewing and 10 people showed up. That's great. Yeah. And we were like, oh my God. <laughs> it was really nice. Our first one was uh, One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston because we wanted to do a book that was um, approachable, um, both in terms of like availability at the library. Yeah. Because y'all have very specific criteria for what can be chosen as a book club book, right? Yeah. 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 And to, to even step back a little bit, we had started just doing regular romance, the whole broad genre. And when we decided that we wanted to make the book club, we wanted to do a niche um, because Natalie Natalie reads a lot of queer romance. I was kind of being introduced to the genre and we decided that we were both really interested in it and kind of in, in, enjoyed reading and talking about it so much. So when we made the book club, we decided that we were going to do all queer romance, but queer in the full spectrum of it. Yeah, so how do you pick the books? And is it specifically y'all every time or do other people weigh so in? So it's, it's evolved. Um, it has when we evolved. First, when we first started, it was we would, Marilee and I would choose like three books and then kind of pose that to the whoever showed up <laughs> to the, the most recent book club. Um, and then they would choose between the three books that we had selected. And the, the criteria is... Um, it has to be romance, um, which means that there has to be like a happily ever after. We're not here for like Nicholas Sparks, like no stuff, sad no death, no sad stuff, terminal illnesses. Um, although, like you know, they can like characters in romance can experience sad and traumatic things, but the the, the comfort of the genre is that happily ever after. Um, and I'm like very serious about <laughs> not calling something that doesn't happen happily ever after like a romance. I'm like it's not a romance. No, I love strong opinions. Keep going. Um, and then also that uh, the characters have to have a queer um, identity in some way. It can be like a straight passing relationship um, if one of the characters has a queer identity of some sort. And that can be whether it's sexuality or gender identity. Um, and also, like, we tried to make, like, we want to try to make an effort for the authors themselves maybe to have some type of queer identity, um, although we're not as strict about that. Um, also, sometimes it's kind of hard to know. Um, some authors are more open about their own identities, and some aren't. And um, it's evolving, of course. So yeah, they yeah. may have identified one way when they wrote the book in a different way. Yeah, now. like Becky Albert, uh, what's her last? Becky Alberteri, who wrote Love Simon, was like kind of forced to come out as like a bisexual woman, woman because of all the Casey McQuiston had to come out as non-binary too, through all like the weird criticism of writing like a book about queer people. The the other thing that's really important about the books is that we try very, very hard to make sure the books are available at the library or are affordable, because that is one thing that we really value is that yeah, yeah. we want the book club to be approachable to everybody. And a lot of times when you're in a book club and I found this when I've tried to join other book clubs. There's a cost barrier. Yeah, a lot of, especially if you want to read something that's spicier, so where like the sexual content is uh, higher or, or more prevalent, those are less likely to be traditionally published and those will be like independently published by the authors themselves. And so mm-hmm. we try to kind of spread those out a little bit um, 
where if we're asking somebody to spend like three ninety nine on an ebook or four ninety nine or whatever, that that's only once or twice a year. Um, also, I tend to own <laughs> the books that we we are talking about, so I always like at least have a copy that we can loan out to people yeah. if that's something that they um, need or want. So yeah, like, but now it, it, it's talking about it, it's evolving. So people wanted more input on what we were choosing. Um, and we've tried a couple things like a Google Doc where people put in some suggestions and that was like middling successful. So now we're doing these things called book caucuses where <laughs> <laughs> we like right for two journalists. <laughs> yeah, we, we wanted to bring the politics into this. So we make people caucus for yeah. their choices. Yeah. So we had like a separate non like meeting, like a non book club meeting where we're not we we're just be like, hey, bring a suggestion and we're going to pitch it. And then we're going to choose like the next three months worth of books. I like that. Yeah. Um. So then people have more time to like wait for for it to come available at the library or just so they know ahead of time instead of just like, oh, I find out today and I have like three weeks now to read it. And is it a book every month or every couple? Yes. We, we do a book every month, except we do have an exception. We usually combine November and December because so many people are traveling for the holidays that we we just didn't see it as reasonable to mm-hmm. be able to like make that one work. And it just it never worked for our schedules either. So. Yeah, yeah. So we do like a early December to cover both November and December. Well, a lot of romance novels have spice levels, Mm -hmm. um, but they can vary widely. Is there like a a range that y'all aim for? Um, And do you give any like content warnings or do you just assume people know what they're in for? So we definitely, when we started doing the book caucuses, I definitely think our content warnings became more explicit because when we would, when we asked people to bring books to suggest to read, we want to be mindful that in the romance genre, there can be a lot of, you know, trigger warnings. There can mm-hmm. be things that happen that make people uncomfortable to read that might be difficult. And some of them are even like tropes. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, one that we try to be really careful of is age gap romances. Those can be really difficult for some people to read. So we do like to give trigger warnings if we can. Um, in terms of... Like spice level. We follow the one to five chili pepper range, I think. Yeah, yeah but we we're not an emoji rating system. Yeah, we're not like tied. It's not like, it, like there's not like a requirement of spice level in order to, for the book to be recommended. But what we try to do is, this is true for like genre, like the sub genres of romance is to have like a variety. Do you like to dance? Look at beautiful art. Eat gourmet snacks, people watch. We'll mark your calendars for Friday, June 7th for one of my favorite parties in Pittsburgh. It's Mattress Factory's 25th Garden Party. The theme this year is make-believe, and it's all to celebrate and support the creatives in our community. There's going to be live music, an open bar, an art auction, and probably my favorite, the costume contest. Trust me, I will be judging yins, and so will everyone else there. Be playful, be imaginative, explore your magical realm, because this is a theme party. You want to come dressed to impress. You must be 21 and up to attend, and rest assured, every dollar raised goes directly towards supporting the museum, its art, its education, and all of its community outreach initiatives. Get your tickets now to the 25th Mattress Factory Garden Party. They are in our show notes and online at mattress.org. 
I'm going to be honest. I told you all this in advance. Um, none of the current City Cast teammates are big romance readers historically. Um, but we've also kind of mutually talked and we're like, we're kind of struggling to read anything right mm-hmm. now. I think some of it's just the fire hose of news and reading professionally, but also like, I think our genres that we've historically picked are just weighing us down. So we're all open to suggestions right now. Maybe a reset is in order. We were hoping you might be able to give us some recommendations. Are y'all game? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm not going to say whose genre is who, but you're welcome to guess. Um, first up, some element of sci-fi or magic. What would you recommend? For this one, I'm actually going to go back to one of the books that we read in our book club that was, I think, around Halloween-ish time, maybe. Mm-hmm. We read Cemetery Boys. That was a really amazing book for a lot of reasons. There's trans rep in it, and there's a lot of magic. There's mystery. There's romance. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. a really amazing book. A hot ghost, you know. A super hot ghost. <laughs> it is YA, hot. so, like... Taking us back to our Casper days. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, a little bit, honestly. <laughs> um, but, like, it's a beautiful book. It really hits you in your feels. There's a lot of wonderful magic in it. And, you know, there's mystery. It's just, it was a really fun book. I don't know what you suggested. Um, it's called The the Darkness Outside Us. Um, I think it deserves more credit than it gets. It's, like, kind of marketed as a YA sci-fi romance, which it technically is, but it's way more. It's, like, almost, like, kind of like a sci-fi thriller at times. And it's... It's like about it's like in the future and these two young men are put on a spaceship to Jupiter um, and they have to kind of work together um, to keep their spaceship running. And then kind of like the mystery of their mission and like the truth of it. But it's like a little it's like romance, but it's also about like, I don't know, the contemplation of like what makes life worth living. It was really good. And I, I was not expecting it at all. Um but I like tore through it. So I think that's like a really great sci-fi and like a thinker too. I like that. Okay. Um, moving on to number two, uh, history with something that builds on like real events or plausible experiences. The Care and Feeding of Waspish Widows by Olivia Waite. It was also an NPR recommended book. So it's very good. It's sapphic. It's fun. <laughs> I liked it. Natalie, anything different? Uh, mostly it's like if you're reading historical romance um, and the author does a really good research, it's going to feel like the real life historical events are like integral to the story. And my favorite top tier historical romance writer is K.J. Charles. She's like all of her stuff is so amazing. Um, so anything, pick up anything by K.J. <laughs> yeah, yeah. An author wreck. I love it. Something really narrative focused, like just great writing, preferably with a strong femme presenting voice. We agreed on this yes, one. Yes, um, Consensus. This is the the book we recommend. Highly recommend. <laughs> highly recommend. It's called "You Made a Fool of Death with Your Beauty." It's an amazing book. Everyone should read it. It's yeah, so beautiful. It's so lush. It's so lush. Yeah. It's it's um it's I like we read it last summer. I think. Oh my god. It was it blew me away. You both are like <laughs> gasping a little bit. So. <laughs> it's really. We'll let people Google that one for themselves. Um, something with a really good but still believable villain, like just high drama. This, <laughs> this one, one is hard. This one, this one is really hard uh, because you could take this very literally, and which I did. If you're looking for high spice and villains, mm-hmm. very in the traditional sense, the Wicked Villains series by Katie Robert is where Disney villains are recast as the main character and love interest in these, like, very spicy romances. So Jafar, the Beast, um, Hook, um, they're just, you know, they're set... 
Ursula. Yeah. They're really great books. Very, in, in taking it very seriously, a, a, a literal Disney villain. <laughs> Disney villain. Okay. So you've got a meeting coming up in December. If folks want to get involved, want to start reading, want to at least have it on their radar, how do they get in touch? Well, so we have a meetup. Our name is the Not Gal Pals Book Club. We are friends, though. Don't don't think that we <laughs> are not nice. We're very nice. The, the It's a joke title. But uh, you can find us on Instagram. We have the Not Gal Pals Book Club on Instagram where you can find some of our stuff. You can also find us on Meetup. And yeah. But it doesn't mean that only like women or femme presenting people can come to the club. Um, like just as long as you're respectful of the space and you will want to hear about romance, <laughs> especially yeah. queer romance. Um, like it's welcome to like all people. Wonderful. Um, Natalie, Mary Lee, thank you so much for sharing your book club with us. Thank you for asking us about it. Yes, I love to talk about romance. (laughs) That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. And a little personnel news. If you like what you heard today, you are in luck because one of our guests, Mary Lee Williams, is actually joining the CityCast podcast team for the next few months. We are so stoked to have her and we can't wait for you to hear her knowledge and talents wrapped here on and off the mic. Okay, Yins, make sure you're subscribed to our Hey Pittsburgh newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. If you were going to write a love story for here in the city, uh, what would it be like? Where's the meet cute? Uh, where's the extremely Pittsburgh drama that would threaten the relationship? Um, and where would they, of course, have a big romantic reconciliation? I mean, you could pick any restaurant, but I feel like Penn Avenue in Bloomfield is like a really good place to have like a third act conflict. Okay. Like you step out of any restaurant and there's like cars going by and murals. I feel like that would be a really fun place. And then a reconciliation I mean, this is just me personally. I do it at Apteca. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that's my happy space. Just yeah. for the snacks. <laughs> just because just the so That's a good really... meal after it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, in the waiting line for 5 p.m. Yeah. Oh, uh, actually, yeah. The reconciliation <laughs> happens in the, in the line to get into Apteca very specifically, and then you have a meal after. Perfect.